You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Disasters. Hello my radio friends. I'm happy that you've joined me today to hear more from God's Word, the Bible. To commence today, I want to share with you about some terrible natural disasters that have affected the world. Later, I want to share with you about some tremendous social disasters and toward the end of the uh, program today, about the world's greatest disaster ever. So, stay tuned. In 2004, a magnitude 9.3 tremblor struck undersea off the west coast of Sumatra in the Indian Ocean, creating a massive tsunami that killed people in 14 separate countries. The overall death toll is estimated at between 230,000 and 280,000 people. In some places, especially hardest hit Indonesia, the tsunami wave reached 98 feet, that's 30 metres in height. Indonesia had the highest death toll of any country with 126,000 confirmed dead and 94,000 missing, according to official government figures. Sri Lanka followed with a total of 36,000 dead or missing. On December 16, 1920, a strong earthquake hit Hyun country in central China. According to a 2010 study presented at a conference in honour of the quake's 90th anniversary, 273,000 people died in the quake, most buried in landslides caused by the ground shaking. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, Yellow Sea to Quinghe Province on the Tibetan Plateau and the quake was felt there all that way with a magnitude of 7.8. The National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration records show that the quake destroyed four cities and buried multiple towns and villages. Well, that's two. In 1839, a typhoon, and in Australia we call them cyclones, hit the port city of Karinga in India on November 25, whipping up a storm surge of 40 feet, that's 12 metres. According to the Atlantic Oceanographic and Meteorological Laboratory Hurricane Research Division, about 20,000 ships and vessels were destroyed along with the lives of an estimated 300,000 people. Another storm that wiped out tens of thousands of lives was the Bahola cyclone of November 12 in 1970. This storm struck what is now Bangladesh, pushing up a 20-foot storm surge that funnelled right over the, la uh, the low terrain bordering the Bay of Bengal, causing widespread flooding. In 1971, 
A report from the National Hurricane Centre in the Pakistan Meteorological Department acknowledged the challenge of accurately estimating the death toll, especially due to the influx of seasonal workers who were in the area for the rice harvest. However, most estimates place the loss of life from the Bahola cyclone at 300,000 at the low end, ranging up to half a million. The deadliest natural disaster in history is likely the central China floods of 1931. In July and August of that year, the Yangtze River overtopped its banks as the spring melt mingled with heavy rains. The Yellow River and other large waterways also reached high levels. According to the nature of disaster in China, the 1931 Yangtze River flood um, inundated almost 70,000 square miles and turned the Yangtze into what looked like a giant lake or ocean. Estimates of the overall death toll vary. Contemporary government numbers put the numbers of dead at around 2 million. But others say it may have been as many as 3.7 million people. Now, natural disasters are very spectacular and cause a lot of damage and death. But social disasters, although less spectacular, also involve devastation, death, displacement and grief. According to figures given on ABC News, in the year 2018, 71 million people became refugees, fleeing from their own countries seeking asylum elsewhere. Now, 71 million people is almost three times the population of Australia. Anyone who thinks the world is becoming better has to reconsider their ideas when they face statistics like these. The figures I present to you now are only for the year 2018. More than 730,000 people from Myanmar have fled to Bangladesh as refugees because of extreme violence in northern Rakhine state. More than half of the refugees are children. They joined nearly 200,000 others who fled similar violence in the past. As the refugee population swelled in 2018, monsoon rains inundated many of the camps situated among the hills of Cox's Bazaar, Bangladesh, making for difficult, precarious and unsanitary living conditions. The Syrian refugee crisis is internationally recognised as the largest refugee and displacement crisis of our time. Half of the people affected are children. Despite a relative decrease in hostilities nationwide in 2018, the Syrian civil war caused almost another 160,000 people to flee the country as refugees. This was largely due to the conflict in the Idlib region. As of November 12, 
The total number of refugees now sits at more than, are you waiting for it, 5.6 million. According to the United Nations Refugee Agency, about 6.2 million Syrians are displaced within the country. Those two figures amount to about 55% of Syria's population. At least 28 million people in East Africa, more than half of them children, needed humanitarian assistance in 2018. Millions of them are experiencing chronic hunger and the threat of famine. Conflict, recurring severe drought and high food prices are to blame. The Democratic Republic of Congo currently is among the countries with the most internally displaced people, with now almost 4.5 million people displaced within the country because of violence. An additional more than 800,000 people currently live outside the country as refugees. About 7.7 million people across the country face severe food insecurity, including more than 2 million children under 5 affected by severe acute malnutrition. The number of people leaving Venezuela amid a national economic crisis, reached 3 million in 2018. As many as 3,000 people per day are crossing the border into Colombia. The exodus is driven by hyperinflation, violence and food and medicine shortages stemming from recent years of political turmoil. More than one million people have settled in Colombia, more than half a million in Peru and Ecuador, Chile and Argentina are each hosting a 100,000 Venezuelans or more. Brazil is also hosting about 85,000 Venezuelan refugees. The war in Yemen and resulting food crisis became the largest humanitarian emergency in the world in 2018. The economy collapsed and food prices soared. More than 22 million people, that's three quarters of the population, need humanitarian assistance. The conflict has killed more than 10,000 people and displaced nearly three million. One million people contracted cholera or watery diarrhoea in the past year, because half of the population lacks regular access to safe water and basic hygiene. People in the worst affected areas have been starving to death because of near famine conditions. As a result, 1.8 million children are suffering from malnutrition, including 400,000 who could die from lack of nutritious food. So far, I feel that you might have been surprised to hear some of these disasters, but there is worse to come. Take World War II, for example. In World War II, an estimated total of 70 to 85 million people perished.
which is about 3% of the 1940 world population which was estimated at 2.3 billion. The aspirations of one man, the German leader Adolf Hitler and the Japanese, were responsible for such major destruction and loss of life during World War II. Under the rule of Joseph Stalin, who was General Secretary of the Communist Party in the Soviet Union and later Premier between the years from 1922 to 1953, was responsible for the deaths of at least 20 million of his own countrymen, that's Russians. Estimates vary. Some calculate the total number of deaths as 60 million. The human suffering involved under Hitler and Stalin has been unimaginable with torture, war injuries, loss of loved ones, loss of property, starvation and inhumane treatment, all of gigantic proportions. And then, of course, we must consider other dictators like Pol Pot and Idi Amin, who were responsible for killing millions of their own countrymen. The human disasters caused by these and other dictators are horrific. But that's not all. Religion, or rather the efforts made by a so-called religious organisation to control the consciences of those who sought to know and live by the teachings of the Bible, topped the deaths and sufferings of both Hitler and Stalin. In a number of previous programs, I've mentioned a book compiled many years ago. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And in there are true stories of people who were persecuted, tortured and killed for their faith by mainly the Roman Church during the Dark and Middle Ages of this Earth's history. This was a period of time ranging from approximately 500 AD to the end of the 1700s. The Roman Church embarked on a campaign of eradication, eliminating anyone, especially Protestants, who did not conform to its monopoly religion. One of the principal means by which this eradication was achieved was the Inquisition, which martyred people and then seized their property. Estimates of the numbers of God's people killed by the Roman Church range from 50 million up to 150 million. Some people have said to me that there have been more wars fought over religion than any other cause. In reality, those wars have been fought over the issue of dominance rather than religion. Christianity has been blamed, but I suggest to you that true Christianity is totally non-violent. Jesus taught that violence and force has nothing to do with Christianity. Christians are indeed involved in warfare, but it is of a different nature. True Christians are involved in fighting evil to keep it out of their lives and in fighting to promote a different philosophy and way of life, that being through love 
seeking to lead people into a relationship with God. So far, today, I've shared with you the causes of the deaths of tens of millions of people. But what comes next is about the death and suffering of billions of people. As I see it, the greatest disaster the world has ever known is the entrance of sin. Sin did not come about by itself. It had an originator called Satan, the devil. And according to what Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, another name is given and that is that ancient serpent. You see, Satan was not always Satan. Once he was known as Lucifer, and he was a special angel in the courts of heaven. In Isaiah 14 verse 12, he's called the son of the morning. But because of his beauty, his important position in heaven, and in seeing all the other angels giving glory, praise and honour to God, he became envious and proud. He envied God, and he was proud of himself. And that envy grew to such a degree that he coveted God's royal status and wanted it for himself. In an effort to make himself popular, he cast doubt on God's character and began a campaign to win all the other angels over to himself. Many succumbed to his lies, and before long, there was controversy in heaven. Revelation chapter 12 verse 4 explains in symbolic terms what happened. His tail drew a third of the stars, that's angels in heaven, and threw them to the earth. And then verses 7 to 9 explain further. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We're going to have a little break and go on straight afterwards. I was standing by my window on a cold and cloudy day When I saw that earth come rolling and it took my mother away Will the circle be unbroken by and by, by and by There's a better Sir 
Just before the break, I was reading to you from Revelation chapter 12, verses 4 and 7 to 9, about how Satan was once in heaven and who was cast to the earth. Now, I'm very aware that at least one major religious, major religious group teaches that there is no such thing as a literal devil. They say that the devil is simply a figure of speech meaning natural evil propensities within human beings. To come to that kind of conclusion requires ignoring many verses in Scripture and twisting the meanings of others to try to make those verses seem to fit their preconceived notions. And that's very bad theology. What is needed is an open mind to allow Scripture to formulate concepts for us rather than to start with the concept and then use Scripture to try to fit or prove that concept. In a similar fashion, should a scientist have a theory and then use selective information to support his theory, that's bad science. Any proper scientist knows that by observation and, and experiment a theory may be formulated and then tested to see whether it's correct or not by further experimentation. It's ridiculous to make up one's mind first and then try to use selected information that only suits what has already been settled upon. Somehow, I doubt that the war in heaven was a physical conflict. It was more likely to be a war of allegiance, a war of minds. On one hand was Lucifer, accusing God of being a dictator and trying to convince all the angels of that. On the other hand was God, the loving and kind ruler that he was, having all those false accusations thrown at him. At a certain point, the conflict became intolerable, and Lucifer and all the angels, previously referred to as stars, were cast out of heaven. Lucifer would then try to set up his own kingdom. And, bad luck for us human beings, Lucifer got a foothold on planet Earth, where he set up his kingdom built on lies, deceit and intrigue. As recorded in the first part of the book of Genesis, the Bible tells of how, by casting doubt on God's credibility and by telling a blatant lie, Satan, previously called Lucifer, became the prince of this world. So, what has his government been like? In an ever-vigilant effort to discredit God, Satan has been very successful to cause mankind to sin, to disobey God's commandments. Disobedience, or going against God's will, is sin. According to Romans 3 verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, what have been the results of sin? Well, something like this murder, killing, stealing, adultery, coveting, disregard of human rights, selfishness, and all that stuff that comes over the news each day. The world is full of it. The greatest disaster 
the world has ever known was and is because of the activities of the devil on the human race. When anyone considers all the atrocities that have been committed in the world, sin has been behind them all. If sin had not entered the world, mankind would live according to God's rule of love, and the world would be full of peace instead of violence and conflict. Without the doings of the devil, there'd be no Hitler, no Stalin, no Pol Pot, no Edie Amin to remember. There would be no genocide, and none of the deaths and sufferings of millions of people at the hands of others. The Catholic Inquisition would not have existed. But is there any good news, or is it only doom and gloom? Yes, the good news is that God has not just left it there and abandoned the human race to destroy itself. God has been proactive and has provided a way out of the evil mess and confusion there exists. He sent his son Jesus to take the blame for us and to take the consequence of sin, that's death and to be our substitute. He is willing to forgive us and to give us what our first parents relinquished when they succumbed to Satan's lies. And what has God promised to give us? Eternal life. But you have to be willing, willing to accept that forgiveness, willing to turn away from your sinful activities and willing to acknowledge that you have done wrong. Despite the world's disasters, and maybe your own personal disasters, there is hope for a better life. So why don't you take God at his word and accept the free offer he has provided for you?